to day 297 of Shaped by the Word, season two, the drama of scripture. Cindy is here, David's here, Matt's here, and I'm mm-hmm. here, I'm Paul. Uh, and we continue our journey through the Gospel of Matthew as the uh, tension between Jesus and the chief priest and the elders uh, continues to grow. He's told two poignant parables that uh, clearly point to what God is doing. He is moving past uh, those who have represented the kingdom and those who uh, should have embraced the kingdom and he's moving to those that are sometimes even tax collectors and sinners who are entering the kingdom ahead of them and God is giving it to the people who will bear the fruit of course one of the parables uh, you know told of two sons one said I will work in the vineyard but didn't and the other said we refuse but but did and of course that's the picture those who've initially refused God are finding hope in Jesus and uh, there is an incredible returning to God, which does capture the whole heart of what the word repent uh, actually means. Mm-hmm. So we continue in the Gospel of Matthew. Uh, we are in chapter 22. We'll start with uh, you know, verse 15. Uh, before we do, let's uh, offer this moment uh, to the Lord. Father, we thank you for inviting us into your presence. Uh, we thank you for the beautiful image that our Lord Jesus uh, uses in the book of Revelation. Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice, I'll open the door and come in and uh, eat with them and and they with me. And of course, we remember the image of the wonderful banquet uh, that that you offer from yesterday. And we thank you for the invitation into your presence to know you, uh, to see you more clearly, and in seeing you more clearly, to see ourselves more clearly and to uh, place ourselves in your hands to be transformed into your image by the power of your spirit working through your word. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Uh, verse 15. Then the Pharisees went out and laid hands, uh, laid plans to trap him in his words. They sent their disciples to him along with the Herodians' teacher. They said, we know that you're a man of integrity, that you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. You aren't swayed by others because you pay no attention to who they are. Tell us then, what is your opinion? Is it right to pay the imperial tax to Caesar or not? But Jesus, knowing their evil intent, said, You hypocrites, why are you trying to trap me? Show me the coin used for paying the tax. They brought him a denarius. And he asked them, Whose image is this? And whose inscription? Caesar's, they replied. Then he said to them, So give back to Caesar what is Caesar's, and to God what is God's. When they heard this, they were amazed, though they left him and went away. That same day, the Sadducees, who say there is no resurrection, came to him with the question, Teacher, they said, Moses told us that if a man dies without having children, his brother must marry the widow and raise up offspring for him. Now there were seven brothers among us. The first one married and died, and since he had no children, he left his wife to his brother. The same thing happened to the second and the third brother, right down to the seventh. Finally, the woman died. Now then, at the resurrection, whose wife will she be of the seven, since all of them were married to her? Jesus replied, You're an error because you do not know the scriptures or the power of God. At the resurrection, people will neither marry nor be given in marriage. Uh, They will be like angels in heaven. But about the resurrection of the dead, have you not read what God said to you? I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. The crowds heard this, they were astonished at this teaching. Hearing that Jesus had signed with the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question, Teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? 
Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all of your heart and all of your soul and all of your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbors yourself. All the law and prophets hang on these two commands. While the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them, What do you think about the Messiah? Whose son is he? Son of David, they replied. He said to them, How is it then that David, speaking by the Spirit, calls him Lord? For he says, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. If then David calls him Lord, how can he be his son? No one could say a word in reply, and from that day on, no one dared to ask him any more questions. This is one of the most wonderful you know, mm-hmm. things that we see in Scripture are, you know, the, the wisdom, you know, that's captured in the, in the person of Jesus as he responds mm-hmm. and answers to that. And, of course, a lot of times we, we you know, we, we talk about, you know, the prophet, uh, the you know, offices of the prophet and the priest and the king. But he also embodies the wisdom tradition, bringing true wisdom from God. And, of course, we know from Proverbs, the fear of the Lord is where that wisdom begins. And so you see uh, just this wonderful Old Testament tradition, you know, tied in Jesus as a wisdom teacher, much, much more than a wisdom teacher because he is prophet, he is priest, he is king uh, as well, but he embodies all the fullness of the Old Testament. It's like we're watching the the parable of the tenants just continue to unfold. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I mean, um, man, he gives them that indictment, you know, you care more about yourself, you're self-interested, you don't care about the landowner or the vineyard. And that's exactly the way seek to lay plans to trap him. He sees their evil intent. They keep going time and time again. And, you know, it's just, you hypocrites. Why are you trying to trap me? You know, and you have to love his rebuke of the Sadducees. You know, as they're asking this crazy question that no one, I mean, who thinks of a question like that? And he says, That was a good question. Yeah, I, don't <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I guess it's rock, paper, scissors. You know, we, so could God make a rock? <laughs> yeah. It's like you're in error because you do not know the scriptures or the power of God. You know, and here are people who would have said, Oh, we are the experts in, in scriptures. You know, we, we search. Jesus said at times, You've searched the scriptures, but you know, in the meeting you have life, but you don't find me. He says that to the Pharisees. And, mm. and here it is. You know, this is a strong critique. You do not know the scriptures or the power of God. Yeah. And of course, even as we, you know, as we pass a critique on to the Sadducees, uh, you know, that is also true of us. Yep. Yeah. That uh, we far, uh, uh, mm. we we do not believe the scriptures as we should, or trust in the power of God as we should, and uh, move ourselves. You know, especially you know sometimes in in, in, in these places where you know there, there's mystery, we have no answers. Uh, we simply trust that he is good, you know, from the way that he has revealed himself to us in Scripture, and that he is powerful. So he is able to bring about the good, you know, that he has, uh, you know, that he has promised to us. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, what a wonderful, you know, what a wonderful, you know, turn. You know, it, it's wonderful, first of all, to hear Jesus talk about, uh, you know, the uh, the way that inspiration takes place. You know, David speaking by the Spirit said, "The Lord said to my Lord." You know, sit at my right hand until your enemies become your footstool, and of course that is a, a it's a nice you know little play. How could you know the Lord say to someone who was David's Lord, and of course he's talking about someone who will be sitting on the throne who is even greater than he is. So he is at the same time, and, and of course Scripture does this. And, and it, it's hard if we come with you know with a kind of an engineer's mindset to it, but one at the same time he is David's son and he is also David's David's Lord. 
And you got to, you know, the kind of the, the opening scene here that we were just reading, you know, the, the Pharisees, they kind of, you know, get together with their disciples and they give Jesus, you know, some, some false flattery, you know, like, oh, Jesus, you're a man of integrity. And, you know, oh, accordance to the truth, you aren't swayed by others. And, and then it just starts with but Jesus knowing their evil intent, you know? Yeah. And so you see this kind of flattery, but he knows exactly what's behind it. And, and even it seems that they are amazed, you know, at his answer in response to here's a no. coin. What do we, and he makes it really simple. You make but, and, give and to it, Caesar what Caesar's and give to God what is, was God's mm-hmm. and of course the way they describe him is exactly who he was mm-hmm. uh, you are a man that teaches the way of God in accordance with truth you're not swayed by others mm-hmm. because uh, you you pay no attention to who they are and of course that and by that we don't mean he does not care who they are but he it's their position their rank their their, their power is not in a place of influence on him and, and twice in you know this week's reading we've heard the little phrase they didn't want to answer Jesus' question about John because uh, they were afraid of the people because they thought he was a prophet. They didn't want to make a sudden move on Jesus because they were afraid of the people because they thought, you know, he was a prophet. And they do see in Jesus something that is exactly the opposite of who they are. And also, you, you see in Jesus exactly what we should be people, you know, be as people of te- integrity who speak the word of God with truth, with with no concern about people, whoever you know they are. And unfortunately, we find ourselves more like the Pharisees and the Sadducees at, at times, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, hedging, our, hedging our bets because of the people mm-hmm. around us mm-hmm. uh, and dealing with it. But this is the kind of integrity, you know, that God has called us to. And, and obviously, we, we can't miss, you know, we can't go over the passage in the greatest command and not, you know, right. talk about the, <laughs> the, talk about the greatest, you know, the mm-hmm. greatest command. Uh, the part, you know, that is, to me, is the most... Um, uh, uh, most poignant or the one that leads me to th- you know, think most deeply is the very last mm-hmm. thing Jesus said. He said, all the law and the prophets hang on these two commands. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so we, we have two, you know, two f- from Jesus, two huge lessons in hermeneutics. Mm-hmm. You know, we have the one in Luke where he talks about how all of Scripture, uh, you know, is, is, is points to him. Mm-hmm. And then we have here that all of Scripture is teaching us about two things. One is how to love God with all of our heart and all of our soul and all of our strength and how to love neighbors ourselves. And we talked about earlier, you know, uh, you know, last week, we talked about denying yourself and taking up your cross and following after Jesus. And that fits right in the middle of that. Mm-hmm. If we are going to love him well, we have to get over ourselves in order to love him. If we're going to love our neighbors well, we have to get over ourselves and love our neighbors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And as I, you know, I kind of zeroed in on that same section, and it, it would be telling um, if you're not loving God with all your heart and all your soul and your mind, um, you're probably not able or not going to be able to love your neighbor. I mean, it's it's kind of like if you're not loving your neighbor, then you're not loving God. So it's, I don't know, they do go hand in hand. Very and there's no doubt, you yeah. know, that... Uh, uh, you know, John will tell us if you and do not love your neighbor who you have seen, how can you love God whom you've not seen? Exactly. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. It's, it is easier to love unseen people than seen people because when you see people, they're they're very hard to love. <laughs> but but uh, what he's talking about is the transformative grace. Right. If if you're not loving neighbors, it's because you're not loving God, yeah. and mm-hmm. that is a. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. And they're at the heart of the heart of this command as well. Yeah, I think it was wasn't it Martin Luther on his reflection of the Ten Commandments said that we always break the first commandment before we break the others. That's right. You know, and yeah. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Why do we, you know, why do we want what our neighbor has? It's because we're, you know, we've started worshiping something other than God. Yeah. Now that you know, the the first act of sin is always. Mm-hmm. Uh, def- dethroning God and enthroning ourselves. Rebellion, for sure. And, and that's why it, it's more than just, you know, sin is more than just the ticky-tacky little things that we do wrong. It is a, it is, it is a denial of who God is, and mm-hmm. it is a, a, a pursuit of personal autonomy uh, over uh, submitting our hearts and our lives you know, mm-hmm. to Him. Mm-hmm. Cindy, do you mind closing us with a word of prayer? No, I don't mind. Father, we thank you for the words of Jesus and how he could so poignantly and, and just to the point respond in every situation. And uh, we do know that it's because he feared you and he, he and he loved you and he walked in obedience with you. And Father, um, we know where we fall short. And we don't have to be told, Father, we see these things in our own hearts and lives where we don't measure up. And yet, Father, we thank you for the incredible grace of the Lord Jesus Christ who would die for our sin. And so, Father, may we really pause and really reflect and really understand the gravity of that. And may it cause us to love you and trust you more deeply. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.